Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for our latest Housing Matters Podcast. I know it's been a while, but uh, we're here again. Our late latest. Yeah, late latest. And... Um, it's been uh, what a few weeks. Been uh, we're gonna talk. I uh, have uh, a few things to talk about. But first of all, I uh, want to uh, see something about the latest wildfires. Um, our heart goes out to uh, everyone. I know it's uh, it's, t- it's a tough time. Um, ter- uh, horrible uh, natural disasters. Very sad to see. Yeah, and um, I know CR is trying to do our best to help uh, our realtor family. So I wanted to throw something out and let you know if you already have not already found out um, that CR has a relief fund. Uh, the association asked, established the fund um, actually going back to 2003 uh, in the wakes of uh, California wildfires. And um, the details of it, you can find a lot of information on, on our website. website. Uh, but you can always contact uh, Shalina Burnett, Bernard at 213-739-8297 or simply email her at s h a r l e n a b at ca.org yeah um, and uh, just trying to do our part so that folks if they want to help out or give then they can do it through uh, car and we'll make sure that money gets to those folks uh, who need it yeah definitely and i'll repeat that information at the very end after the podcast uh, but you can always go on our CR website you can simply type in uh, fire uh, disasters information and you'll find a lot of information in addition to the uh, CR relief fund. Definitely. Now, um, Has impacts on the market though as well, right? It does. And, and you've studied that in a bit. We, we've been asked by members and we've been asked by uh, newspaper reporters about you know what kind of impact we have the, fire, the fires would have on the market. Right, obviously not many uh, sales are going to be closing in the next week or so up it's, there. You're absolutely right. It's going to be tough. Now, so far, just uh, some stats. Um, and, of course, um, the, the majority of the fires are in the, uh, the, the wine country. Right. Uh, Napa, Sonoma, and Mendocino. And the last number, that, uh, last stats that I looked at, I think uh, about 8,400 homes. Uh, were, and, and other buildings were destroyed. Huge numbers. It's just absolutely astonishing. I know. It's, it's, now, if you just look at um, Santa Rosa, for example, um, just look at Santa Rosa, right. maybe about 4,000, uh, 5,000 homes were uh, destroyed. Man. Um, and the housing stock in the area um, was about 68,000. Wow. So that's a huge, huge chunk. So we're talking about six, seven, eight, six, seven percent. Now, maybe not all 5,000 were uh, homes, but let's say 3,500. Yeah. So we're talking about 5% of the homes being destroyed. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Huge yeah. impact. And there already wasn't much inventory up there to begin with, right? Exactly. And that's why you know, a lot of reporters ask, you know, what's going to happen to the supply? Now, before we talk about supplies, I just said, you know, it's going to be 5% of the housing stock. But uh, before we talk about supply, what about uh, sales activity and price? You mentioned it very uh, just now. Obviously, um, we're going to have uh, very lackluster sales activities. Right. Um, and um, you know, people might people also ask, okay, what's going to happen to price? You know, of course, you're going to have slowdown in sales activity, but what about price? Now, obviously, with a shortage of supply, you would think, okay, there is a possibility that there might be some increase in price. Right. But at the same time, keep in mind. 
we study some of the uh, fire, uh, the previous fire statistics from Oakland Hills fires in 1991. For okay, example. so we have some past analogs that we can look at. Right, so we look at those pattern to see what's what's going on. Okay. Now, before I jump into the, um, you know, what we think will happen to Sonoma County or some of the other counties in Hawaii fired areas, right? Let's take a look at those previous fires. Uh, in 1991, you know, um, in Oakland, there were about 3,300 homes being destroyed. Oh wow. It's, it's a lot. But uh, now, in 1991, I mean, the market was actually still sort of uh, slowly growing uh, in terms of sales and price. Uh, it was sort of recently out of, you know, the doom uh, time. Right. And so price and sales were actually growing. But with the fire, of course, it, has, it made some damage. Um, the damage was mainly in the local area. Okay. Now, for the Bay Area as a, as a whole... 3,300 is actually not a whole lot for the Bay Area as a whole. Right. It's really those most immediate markets that are affected by it. Right. So it was um, it was both Alameda and uh, the uh, Bay Area, they were growing in price. In, in, in price. Right. But, you know, obviously, you know, when you have a, d- a disaster, people were less interested, whether it be a fire, whether it be an earthquake, Right. You know, people, potential buyers probably were less interested in that area. In that specific uh, area. Right, in that specific area right away. Gotcha. Um, so what happened was Alameda did grow in price, but at a very, very minor rate at around 0.2% on a year-over-year basis. Gotcha. Even though the rest of the Bay continued to grow at, at a much stronger clip. Much stronger clip at 6%. Wow. So, so it does suggest that it took a lot of the wind out of the sails, at least on price. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, if we look at that and apply that to the Sonoma County and uh, Santa Rosa and the immediate area, we can assume probably that as far as, well, sales, we already said, you know, it's going to go down. slow down. Yeah. Uh, price probably will go down. Um, now, I say go down because, you know, assuming that the market actually is is not growing uh, as far as the Bay Area is concerned, let's say, assuming that the market is flat, right. then price actually will go down for Sonoma County or for Santa Rosa. But because we have been seeing price increase. Pretty strong price increases. In the Bay Area. So I would assume, yes, uh, that area may continue to grow in price, but much slower. So than it might just stall out there. the growth. It might not cause prices to fall, but it just might cause right. them to stop growing for a bit because of in the wake of the disaster. I exactly, guess. exactly. Gotcha. Um, and of course, um, at the same time, we have um, you know all these people who <coughs> homes were destroyed. Right. I mean, they have uh, they were displaced, and so they have to live somewhere. Right. Um, <coughs> So you, you wonder, you know, what's going to happen to rent? Right. Now, I also understand that some of the apartments were also destroyed. Um, so you're going to see people actually moving uh, moving into maybe rental properties. Right. Um, in a short term, when I say short term, probably... You know, or moving out months. of the area, possibly, or moving right? Because yes. vacancy rates are low. So it's going to both, I think, maybe, or both, probably. You'll see a mix probably of both. Probably a mix of both. Higher rents over the short run, and also maybe people going a little bit farther afield to stay with family or to find some vacancies that they can do over the short run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, at the same time, of course, you know, we're not going to see a recovery process starting right away right but eventually some money will come in and people will start building rebuilding um the rebuilding process who knows 
I don't know how long the insurance process is going to be. Yeah, I guess that's related to the magnitude of the disaster, right? Given that so many right, homes right. are affected, it might be a little bit slower than your average disaster, potentially. I, I think so. I think, you know, it's uh, probably good to say maybe six months down the road, you know, people may be getting a little bit more money yeah. and we'll see some rebuilding. Right. Now, here's a, th- here's a trick. Um, I said short-term wise, price will slow down and or go or go down even. Right. Uh, but in the long term, prices probably will go up. Right. Why is that? Because um, you know we're going to see some new housing being built. Right. And typically, you know, when the house is uh, uh, newer, they tend to be a little bit more expensive. That's true. So I think in the long run, um, it, we're going to see some increase in price in yeah. the long run. And and you know, let's face it, you know Sonoma County is is still a very or you know the wine country is a very desirable area to live. Definitely, and you still got the overflow valve for, you know, the more dense parts of the Bay Area where right. a lot of the high skilled jobs are too, which is going to just automatically drive some upward demand, upward pressure on demand, I guess, in exactly. the, from a long term standpoint. Exactly. I mean, they're more relatively they're relatively more affordable. Right. So absolutely true. So. Long run, it's going to go up. Um, long run, probably a year out or so. Yeah, they'll get back on track, but over the next 12 months, they'll have a bit of a tough time because of both the, the lack of supply has been exacerbated, I guess, by uh-huh. all these lost units and things like that. And then also just the rebuilding process of trying to, to get back to normal, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's a tough time right now, but uh, to our fellow uh, realtors members, uh, hang in there. Definitely. Um, and again... Uh, Give Shalina a call, and I'll again repeat that uh, the contact information uh, at the end of the conversation or the podcast. Yeah. Now let's turn our attention a little bit. Um, Jordan, you and I were both in the uh, at the expo. That's right. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, it was awesome. Down in San Diego, my hometown. So I know. Hopefully, everybody got a chance to go down and visit. I know, and we had a lot of different uh, coverage. We talk about you and I both talk about. Um, Housing supply. Yeah, um, lots, lots and lots. Lots of housing supply issues. And we talk about, I think you're uh, involved with a uh, uh, another workshop that talks about global uh, housing market. Global housing market issues. Yep, we did that. We had an awesome econ panel where we had right. some of the, the best minds in terms of housing economics and economists there discussing the supply issue both in California and in San Diego specifically, which was... Um, awesome. In fact, when we called it for time, a lot of people booed. So I, I take that <laughs> I as a, uh, a good sign that we had a good session, but it was really informative talking about all the different things that hold back new construction in California. So it was a great, great week. Yeah, it was. But I have to say, you know, the spotlight is on our chief economist uh, forecast. Always, always. Always. Yes, that's right. So what, what, what do we have uh, for 2018? Now, I know we talk about the top five of five in every episode, at least in the last couple of episodes. Yep. Um, so I figured, okay, with top five of five, we're going to focus more on um, the, the five forecast. parts of the forecast. Okay, right. let's do it. Right. So let's uh, start off with the forecast on the economy, um, economic growth rate. Let's talk, let's, let's uh, kind of throw something out first, kind of talk about the current market conditions. Yeah, what do we think is going to happen when it's all said and done at the end of this year? for in terms of overall economic growth? Well, you know, we are looking at, um, I think, you know, based on our forecast, we're looking at about 2.1% uh, uh, increase in 2017. Okay. 
um, and a 2.3% in 2018. Gotcha. So we see the economy doing slightly better, I guess, over the next 12 months, but not um, by leaps and bounds. Not no, that's right. That's exactly right. You know, why? I mean, okay. So someone may ask. You know, in the second quarter we have a three point one percent. Yeah, which know, is a decent number. Right. So what happened in this in the second half of the year? Well, there are a couple of things. You know, we have the uh, hurricane. Yeah. And that's gonna, and the fires and stuff and the obviously fires. here in California. Um, so it's going to take a little bit of uh, uh, momentum out. Yep. Um, so that's why we're predicting a two point one percent. Of course, uh, the fire was not the main reason when we did the the forecast. Sure. But we did have the hurricanes um, factored in. Right, and then of course uh, next year we may possibly have an economic stimulus and a tax reform. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think you put more money back in folks' pockets and you have the economy that's trucking along at the um, same kind of moderate pace that it's been doing and that should lead to a, a ramp up in, in growth. I think businesses will also throw down a bit more into the economy from in terms of business investment once the, uh, the uncertainty regarding tax reform is behind right. us. Once we know what's going to happen one way or the other, I think businesses will start to get back in the game again in terms of both expanding their facilities and investing in new equipment software. So um, hopefully that will take up some of the slack there as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. And you know there are a lot of uncertainties, but we'll keep an eye on it. Now, the second point for the top five of five is uh, job growth. I'll let you talk about job growth. You know, what, what are we expecting for uh, 27, uh, 2017 and 2018? Yeah, I think we're expecting to see that same kind of moderating pace of job growth that we've seen. I think job growth has already dropped from kind of the mid 2% range down into the 1.5% range uh -huh. this year. And I think it will continue to trend into the low 1%. I think we have 1.2% forecasted for California for next year. That's not necessarily, you know, a sign of weakness. I don't think you should be panicking about the fact that we've downgraded our forecast for job growth. Or not really downgraded, but forecast that the growth was going to be slower. Right. It's still growing. It's I mean, still growing, definitely. And you expect to see a slowing in growth as we approach full employment, right? We don't have all of these, um, you know, tons of workers unemployed on the sidelines ready uh -huh. to just be pulled in at a moment's notice. We're down in the low 5% range for unemployment here right. in California. We've actually dipped below. 5% a couple of months this year. And so I think to continue to grow the economy and to grow business, um, folks are going to be increasingly competed after by those right, exactly. by those companies who want to attract the talent and don't just have, you know, all these options of unemployed workers out there with great skills. And so they're going to have to attract them from other companies, other jobs. Um, you know, that's just a, a function of being near, quote unquote, full employment. I think the, the thing to watch out for, though, and I think why we're forecasting that it will be, um, you know, not as great is is just that, you know, we've also seen some some wobbles in the tech sector. So California's right. had a couple of job losses in recent months. Again, that's not alarming. You expect to see growth slow down as we get near full employment, but we have started to grow slower than the nation overall. And I think the lack of affordability and housing supply is really um, getting to the to the point where we can't continue to grow despite those challenges. I think we've been able to do well for the last six, seven years, even though we were unaffordable, even though we didn't uh -huh. have housing inventory. And I think those obstacles are becoming 
increasingly difficult to overcome. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, when you look at the uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco, for example, at a 3.6%, that's really tough to, to overcome. And, of course, there has been some noise, I think, uh, at the national level, uh, showed a uh, drop of uh, 33,000 uh, last month on a right. month basis. I mean, of course, that's alarm people. And if you, if you just look at newspaper, they may think, wow, this is the first time that we have dropped uh, since 2010. But... Uh, it has a lot to do with Harvey and Urmar, so yeah, uh, just to be aware so, of that. It's a red flag, but I don't think it's a, a cause for panic, but we will be watching the job market, and we do see it slowing down next year regardless. Definitely. Now, let's turn our attention to housing market. Now, yeah. we are expecting um, and, and, and an increase this year and next year. Right. Now, it, despite the fact that it may not be a robust growth. Right? Yeah, it's just it's growth, but it's not necessarily growth to write home about. Right. I mean, it's uh, 1.3% in 2017 and then a 1% in 2018. Um, and the reason why we're expecting, you know, 1.3% is, I mean, you know, you if, if some of you watched, if you guys have seen, you know, some of the slides, you know that currently for the first nine months, we're at 2.6% year to date. Yep. Now, how do we get from a 2.6% for the first nine months to 1.3%? There's some logic Seems behind like it. Seems like a gap, yeah. Right. Now, Let's first... You might think, if you take a look at the pending sales that we have recently, mm -hmm. you notice that pending sales, the latest pending sales number dropped uh, pretty sizably. Yeah, it was a significant drop off in terms of um, number of homes entering that escrow process, right? Right, right, right. And compared to last year. Compared to last year. So that seems to suggest that, okay, in the upcoming months, October, maybe November, we are going to see some drop off in sales. Um, is the, are those drop off? If we are going to have those drop off, do you think those are justifiable? I think they're justifiable when you take them in in a context, right? Okay. Because obviously um, there was a huge jump in sales last fall in the beginning of the winter, right? We had those new disclosure rules, TRID, right, that came during the fall, and I think that uh, banks were scrambling to kind of get up to speed with those new rules and that actually delayed a bunch of the sales maybe that would have happened in September and August and, and pushed them into October, November. So we had, I think, double-digit growth in home sales last right. year so this time, right? You're absolutely right. You know, the, the TRIT implementation was in 2015 because it delayed some of the process. So in 2016, it seems like there's a big jump. A huge jump. Yeah. Huge jump. So an 8% and then in November, an 18%. Now, you know, whether you want to attribute that 18% to um, the election, <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to say. But I have no doubt that we're not going to hit the 18%. I know. mean, with conditions where they are, it's just, it's really hard to see us maintaining that 445,000 unit pace. That would represent a, a significant jump from where we were last month. Um, and given that, you know, affordability's already right. worse than it was last month and inventory's tighter than it was last month it's hard to see a 20 percent increase in home sales you know yeah. in october well in fact you know i think we are going to see some um single digit drop in sales you know with the fact that you know just to maintain the four hundred twenty thousand, you know level yeah yeah even if we stay exactly where we are that's going to represent i guess a, a pretty significant drop over where we were last year right right let's say a three to five percent drop it's uh, i don't think it's uh hard to imagine for the next couple months if that is the case then we probably will end up with a bang on forecast basically right right yep. so you know that's that's i'm not hoping that you know we have a bad market but at the same time let's be realistic correct yep 
No, that makes sense. I mean, I still feel comfortable, and I think the market will continue to move forward with the 1% next year, too. You know, the demand side is there, and like we said, the economy is expected to continue to move forward. The jobs are going to be there next uh -huh. year. Um, and so, you know, but for this lack of supply, that growth in sales might be even higher, like three, four, five, six percent. Right. It's just it's the lack of inventory that's going to hold that number closer to one. Very true. And that lack of supply will push up home prices. So, you know, for our fourth point on uh, price, we expect home prices to continue to increase. Now, this year it will increase by seven point two percent, and next year it we're going to be we're going to be conservative. Um, We're going to hope that somebody puts their <laughs> homes on the market and listings don't continue to drop by 10 or 12% every month um, and that prices then will moderate a bit, right? Yeah, it's going to be 4.2%. So now keep that in mind. Um, the the number is going to be, I don't have the number right in front of me, but it's going to be in the uh, 560 um Five, around 560 I can't I can't remember the exact number yeah but 565 in terms of an annual average in, right? in terms of annual average so you know if you take that into perspective um, if we continue to grow um, at let's say five or six percent at some point next year we probably will have a new monthly high got you so I guess yeah that's the the big news that the paper is latched onto right is that the uh, the forecast for next year is that prices will eventually push through that all-time high right that we hit back in 2007 of almost 600,000 absolutely and of course you know if you think about it you know it took us 10 years to get back to the new high now some people may debate on whether that is um, you know getting to a, a level that is too high but I think you know taking two, 10 years to get there and keep in mind that you know some areas such as you know the Inland Valley the Central Valley were still below that peak so uh, we'll keep an eye on that median price and uh, let you guys know uh, what we think uh, as, as the market continue to go on now, yeah another big part of it of course the last point of it is um, about interest rates yes um, right now it's still hanging below four percent that's right even though the feds made a couple of moves this year and they say they're gonna move again in December we're still uh, sub four percent I still tell everybody at all my <laughs> outreaches that my dad would just kill for these interest rates still you know they're still so um, low even though we had a jump after the election they still remain very affordable and I think when you look at our forecast for next year that they're gonna average out to about 4.3 percent for a right. 30 year um, that's actually fairly conservative compared to what some other folks are saying or expecting rates to go up a little bit quicker right absolutely I mean if you think look at it this way if every time the Fed funds rate increase uh, it is 25 basis point it only takes two times to increase it by 50 basis point not that short-term rate is uh, one always for in one. line, right? But you know, just it just takes the Fed funds rate increase rates by two times, and you're already there at around four and a half, right? Percent. So, and we do believe that at the end of the year we're probably going to be close to four, maybe a little bit about four. Who knows? I mean, right now it's still below four, but I think it's kind of inching up a little bit. We still have three months to go, so we don't know exactly yeah. what's going to happen. I think that'd be a great motivator for discussions with potential buyers is to go, you know, hey, look at this forecast for rates rising to the extent that you're on the fence. It might make sense to jump sooner than later. Right. Um, you know, and I think that it's, it's going to be painful when it does hit. Even if you just jump 
from four to four and a half percent in terms of a 30-year fixed rate mortgage it significantly increases the amount of money it costs Absolutely. to make that monthly mortgage payment right and so um, with prices continuing to rise by mid single digits and then also rates going up even just to four and a half percent that's really the the kind of one-two punch for affordability really absolutely you know with that uh, with that increase in price and interest rate we actually predict that housing affordability will go down by about three basis point from 29 to 26 so it's not um, housing affordability is still something that we need to keep an eye on because uh, it's just get keep getting lower and lower yeah in fact I think I'm gonna start advocating that we present the housing affordability um, numbers upside down so instead of talking about the 26 percent of households who can afford the median priced home we need to be talking about the you know 74 percent who can't afford the median price right home, um, because that's the the sad state of affairs that we find ourselves in today. i know i know um so i know we we covered a lot and again um, i want to repeat the information about the cr relief fund before we uh, close um it is uh if, if you're interested in uh, applying for the cr relief fund uh, definitely call Shalina Bernard at uh, 213-739-8297. And her email address is shalinab at car.org, S-H-A-R-L-E-N-A-B at car.org. And you can always go on the CR website and type in fire disaster information and you'll get a lot of information regarding the relief fund as well as some of the other information that might be able that might be helpful for you. Until then, we will be back in a couple of weeks with some more uh, interesting, fun data or whatever else happens in the meantime that we feel compelled to, uh, to fill you guys in on. So uh, until then. Great. Thank you very much for listening in. Thanks. Thanks.